You've just accessed Shekinah glory, the place where God dwells among His people. Prepare now to receive the Lord as Pastor Rex Ricks connects you to the power of God through the prophetic revelatory preaching and teaching of the Word of the Kingdom of God. Experience the revelation of Jesus Christ on another level from the place where God dwells among His people. Now, hear the Word of the Lord. The Word that God has given to Shekinah Glory Fellowship Center for 2017, the word that God has given for this house. Again, it's not um, set, it's not only for us, it's applicable for believers everywhere who hears this word of God. So it's just not limited to Shekinah Glory Fellowship Center, but he's specifically speaking to this house, amen, in this particular area. And this is to be a year where we become rooted. Someone say rooted. Okay, say it loud like you saved in your prayer. Rooted in Christ. Amen. It's a year that we are to become rooted or deeply rooted in Christ. And that word rooted in the Greek, it gives the connotation of one who is stable. So what Christ is saying to Shekinah Glory Fellowship Center is, is that this is a year where we should see more stability. Oh, man. Now, 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 and I'm going to show you this in a minute. Even though you see me, I want you to hear the Spirit of God. And when we become believers, we should be as the Apostle Paul and know no man after the flesh. In other words, now that I'm a born-again believer, I'm in tune to the Spirit. I see Rex, but I hear Jesus. Are you with me? So, and if, I, and if I receive the Lord speaking to me, then there should be some earnest uh, uh, decision-making. Lord, I know you spoke, and I want to make the necessary changes. So, having said that, we are using Colossians uh, chapter 2, verse 6 and 7 as our foundation of scriptures. And I just want to read those today and move. We'll confer back and forth throughout these teachings. But today, let me read verses 6 and 7 from the New Living Translation. And um, we'll keep moving from there. But for a subheaded under the topic rooted in Jesus, let's talk about a new creation, a new creation. Say that out loud with me. A new creation. Will you just go ahead and say this? When I receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior, I am then at that moment a new creation. All things are made new. All things are passed away, and all things are made new. And, and see, I'm going to explain that a little bit more in a minute. So that means no matter what you used to be, no matter what proclivities you had, no matter what people said about you, what you would be or wouldn't be or wouldn't achieve, once you were born again, you are made anew. You could have been the biggest whatever, but at that moment, when you received Jesus, your life it's changed. Boy, I'm teaching good already. So we're talking about a new creation. Again, this is to be a year where our hearts turn back to God by being deeply rooted in Christ. Now, again, uh, just a little context for uh, this particular uh, book. But Apostle Paul, he's writing to uh, address some things, a couple of things that were going on. There were those who were believers who were, who were allowing false teachings false teachers, as well as teachings to cause them to begin to sway in their relationship with Jesus. Not only were they being 
fooled by false teachers, but they were being fooled by men uh, or humans in their human philosophy, being that man's teachings that go against the word of God. So he writes to correct these things and to let them know that, you know, as believers, now that you are a believer, not only should you continue to grow in him, but once you do, it's going to cause you to have a root, a deep rooted, deep seated foundation in him. And the thing, it should be like this. When I hear nonsense, I know it just as soon as you open your mouth that you and see, that's the thing. And, and, and you know, sometimes we believe this man and believe that. And I'm always good at uh, asking this question, or I like to encourage Christians to do this. Before you knock the Bible, let's read the whole Bible, rightly divided first. But before you just disapprove, before you let, watch this, as a Christian, before you let somebody in their erroneous philosophy get you twisted up, Study the Bible, first of all. Then, as a matter of fact, ask them, have you studied the word? Not read, but studied. <laughs> Are you with me? So Paul goes on to tell them that, listen, when you receive Christ, not only are you complete in him, but he is everything that you need. And there is no need to search for anything else. Boy, that's good. In other words, when you have him, that's why he is the truth. So when you have him, there's no need to even entertain a new doctrine, a new teaching. And he tells the church of Galatia, if an angel come down from heaven and teach anything else, let them be accursed. Why? Because there is no other gospel. So, so you see, can I help you out for a second? If it, those of you who believe and you feel the Holy Spirit, let me tell you something. No matter how astute someone may be or how intelligent they may sound see when you when you are let me tell you this and this is something good to just jot down when as a believer you come in the presence of great philosophers doctors or whatever when you're in that presence as smart as they may be because you have holy spirit let me help you out now you are the most intelligent one in that room my God. That's why when you come into the presence of great people, just be sensitive to the Holy Spirit because he will give you exactly what to say, how to say it, and it will behoove those. Je um, Jesus did it at 12 years old. So imagine how much more you should astonish those who've been in this word for some time. Are you with me? So uh, now let's read verse six and seven. That that was a nugget. Somebody should have wrote that down. Or just uh, it, it, when I come in, into the presence of great men, uh, if I'm the only believer, I am the most intelligent one in the room. There is no wisdom, no advice, no counsel outside the knowledge of God. Man, and see, that's why you should always be humble. And, and make yourself of no reputation because God at the end of the day gets all the glory. <laughs> I heard you. Well, I don't know what to say. You're in a good place. Let Holy Spirit do the talking. I, 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 I feel of such a, 
in comparison to them, I, I, Pastor, I didn't go beyond high school. I just feel so insignificant. That's a good place to be. Now you allow Holy Spirit to speak through you. <laughs> well, I have a doctorate. Okay, well, good. But, but I'm not relying on that, Lord. I need you. That should be the, that should be the mindset. I spent too much time on that. I thought y'all would. But, but anyway, somebody needs to hear that. Let's read verse 6 and 7. Ready? Let's read. And now, just as you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord, you must what? Continue to follow who? Him. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith. Let your roots, excuse me, let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on who? Be built on him. Study, man, you should know this word. And, and sometimes a pet, well, a pet peeve of mine is Christians who don't want to study their Bible. Christians who have no idea about this God that they serve. Then your faith will grow. Notice, then your faith will grow strong in the truth. And see, when your faith goes strong, man, you, you will stand on this. I don't care what. No, I'm standing on the word in the midst of whatever. My faith is so strong and deeply rooted in Christ that I put it up against anybody or anything. And you will overflow with thankfulness. Can I give you a PowerPoint as we turn to Revelation uh, chapter number 2? Revelation chapter number 2, verse 4 and 5, Amplified. One of the worst things we can do as Christians is get to a place where we have grown comfortable in our relationship with the Lord Jesus. Let me say it again. I didn't get one amen on that one. Well, I did get one. One of the worst things we can do as Christians, notice we're talking about being deeply rooted in Christ. One of the worst things we can do as Christians is get to a place where we have become complacent and comfortable in our relationship. And see, and when you become comfortable, that's when you start slipping. There's slippage. So then, then, what do you mean? Give me an example, Pastor. I start meddling in that mess I used to meddle in. I start doing the nonsense and those things that oppose what's written. Why? Because I've gotten comfortable. If you remember, when we're about to see this in a second, when you first got saved, you shunned all the nonsense. I don't want it anymore. I, I have no taste for that anymore. I have no desire for that nonsense. But when you get comfortable, is the club still jumping like it used to? When it goes down, does it still make you just, mm, ah. You took pride. No, listen. You took pride in your celibacy when you first received Jesus. No, yes, you did. You know what, man? You know, you, you seem to be a nice gentleman. Uh, but I'm somewhat insulted at the fact that you would even think that I'm that type of woman. Now, what you can do, if you have interest in me, I would love to invite you to uh, invite you to come worship with me. As a matter of fact, is Jesus the Lord of your life? And are you an active member where you attend? See, you, see that, that's how you were when you first got saved. After about three months... Write this down. One of the worst things that can happen to me as a believer is for me to get complacent as a Christian. You should never get complacent. And see, we're about to see when you get complacent, it affects your witness. Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 
13, I think, of verse 11. He said, when I was a child, you know, spake as a child, I thought like a child, I understood as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Well, that's analogous when he was talking about a child and a man. That's analogous of the spiritual man. In other words, when I was an immature Christian, there were certain things I did. But the more, watch this, I grew in Christ, the more mature I became. So, so there, there was no more pleasure and fun and doing the nonsense. Why? Because I'm growing up now. That's like, prime example, you know, like some of your friends, you've been saved about five, ten years, and, and, and some of your friends are still doing that same stuff y'all did when y'all was like teenage. You're like, man, you, you still, man, you ought to, when you going to grow up, man? Revelation, first point I want to talk about today is, notice we're talking about a new creation, right? Under the heading, being rooted in Jesus, we're talking about a new creation. So the first point we want to talk about is, look how far you've fallen. Write that down. Point number one today. We're talking about a new creation, right? So first thing we have to look is, look how far we've fallen. Listen what John is saying to the churches. Now, I'm, I'm going to, now he was talking to the churches, believers, right? So what he's saying is just not limited to one particular church. And as Christians, we need to take heed, and it's good to read this in your leisure, and read to what he was saying to the various churches. Because not only have some of us, again, at the end of these, he says, he, to him who has ears to hear, let him hear. That's why he said what the Spirit say to the churches, not to the church, being that this is just not for you. But not only have some left their first love, again, they become complacent. And I'm going to show you this, like the church of Laodicea. They were complacent. Nothing, nothing bothered him in terms of their spirituality. I mean, they, they wouldn't fight for Jesus. They would, I mean, just just, just in the middle. And he called him, man, you're lukewarm. Eh? You, you, you're good for nothing but spitting out. And see, that's that complacent Christian. That's that lukewarm Christian. Man, you won't stand for me. You won't fight for me. You, you won't defend me. You won't, I mean, just, just, I mean, for real, though. Will you do this for me? Will you do this? I don't know who used to sing this song. I don't know if it was Andre Crouch, but it, it, we used to hear it all the time growing up, going to church. It, it, it goes something like, a, take me back, take me back, dear Lord, to the place where I first received you. Then it goes again, take me back, take me back, dear Lord, to the place where I first believed. See, that, that's what, they, Lord, take me back to the place where I first received you. That's where I want to be. That's what he's saying to the church of Ephesus. Go back to that place where when you received me, you were excited and you wanted everybody to know about your new relationship with this man that I just met. But I have this charge to make. Let's, will you help me read this out loud? This, he's talking to the church of Ephesus. But I have this charge. Are, are y'all here? Come on, read it. Let's read. But I have this charge against you. That you have left your first lady. He's talking about Bobo. This is not talking about Jody. <laughs> so for the person who's not understanding this, he's not saying go back and call Shaquita. <laughs> and you're sitting next to your new wife. <laughs> See, because I have to say that because you're on your way home. The conversation go like this. Babe, now you, as much as I love you, you know. I hear the Lord telling me to go back to my first. The, the, the Lord told me to. See, the, oh, 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 then they'll get deep. 
Oh, oh, you know, over in the book of Revelation, chapter 2. The first love right here, he's talking about Jesus. Just for the person who want to get deep on me. Talking about Jesus. Let's start verse 4. We're ready. Ask your neighbor, are you okay? Ready? Let's read. But I have this charge against you that you have left your first love. Oh, listen to this. You have lost the depth of love that you first had for me. This is where, in my opinion, Keith Sweat got how deep is your love? Did I say Keith Sweat? Well, that's what I came up on. I don't know about this. See, back then it was the good stuff. You know, that was the good stuff. You know, like 12 play by R. Kelly. That was the, see, 12 play was like, man, it's about, man, 12 play. Let me get back in the spirit. Somebody Googling 12 play, 12 play. <laughs> leave it alone. Tell you, it, look, tell, look at your and say, if you're single, leave it alone. It'll burn you. Leave it alone. It'll, it, it, don't, don't touch it. And for the married people who've been in a drought, get 12 play. If there's been a drought, get 12 play. And leave it at that. Child, did the preacher just tell him? To yeah, the preacher said, yeah, I said it, and I said it again. Get 12 play. Okay, let's, keep, let's get back into the text. Listen, uh, notice he says, you have lost, in the New Living Translation, he says, you have lost your love for me and for one another. Verse, verse 5, so remember the heights from which you have fallen. Listen, and repent. Look, look, what this, look what he's saying. Change your what? Inner self. Your old way of thinking, your sinful behavior, seek God's will, and do the works you did at first when you first knew me. Again, that word repent is the Greek word metaneo, which means to reconsider. To change your mind. To think differently. So when I repent, there has been a change of mind. And since, watch this, and since my thoughts change, my attitude and actions should change. That's, that, see, that's a good sign that you've truly repented. Why? Because your actions change. So, uh, in primary example, in relationships, if he keep doing this, do you get this? If he truly repented, then his actions should change. Likewise, when we are believers, our actions should change. Can I say something? If nothing is to change, what are we saved from? Why? Hold on. Why even get saved if nothing's going to change? That becomes the pervasive question. What changes? And if nothing changes, why even get saved? Okay, just, just think about it. Notice he said, seek God's will and do the works you did at first when you First knew me. Otherwise, I would visit you, remove your lampstand. Again, remove your lampstand. He's not talking about you, you losing your salvation, but as a church, as individually, as individuals, and as a church body, you lose your witness. So even though you say I'm saved, people like Manning, because in their mind, you are doing, so there should be a difference. Are you with me? Notice he says, look how far you've fallen. Can I ask a couple of questions? How much do you study? Well, let me say it this way. Does your study of God's word 
equal the time that you spend on social media every day. Just say you may spend at the most, and I could be stretching it, 15 minutes a day on social media. I know that's a lot, and many of you probably don't do that much. But just say you did. Let's just stretch it and just say, hypothetically speaking, just what if you spend at least 15 minutes a day? I know you don't spend that much, but just say you did. Do I study the word of God at least 15 minutes a day? Look how far you've fallen. Watch this. My consistency now as it relates to fellowshipping and being a part of the body of Christ. Am I more consistent now, 10 years in, or have I become complacent? And I go, if, if I feel good, good. If not, I, my prayer life, is it? But before I took, before there was a window cut out each day that I purposefully spent time praying. Do I still do that, or is it reduced down to, Father, thank you for this food. Bless it. Sanctified, purified. Bless those who took the precious time to prepare this meal. Bless them right now. Bless them, Jesus. Amen. Do you still, with zeal, share the love of Jesus with others? Or has it been reduced down? Man, I'm just glad to be in the number. Look how far you've fallen. This is what he's saying. Take a good, hard look at self. Oh, come on now. Have you went from rebuking a brother when you know he's offended and talking nonsense to, really? Well, what did you say then? Well, you're right. I sense that too. Yeah, yeah, it don't take all that. See, see or, or, or am I still like, you know what? See, I can tell in your voice that you're offended. You need to go talk to pastor. Okay, this is good stuff to me, boy. Boy, this is good stuff to me. And, and without even asking, I normally ask for permission, but I'm going to take an extra couple minutes today. It, it, n- n- notice he said, what, what was the first point? How far? Have you, okay, so he, he, I would write this down. He's asking, take a good hard look at self and at yourselves as a church. Notice he says, uh, uh, in one translation, you've lost your love for each other and for me. And Jesus said this to the disciples. You, you don't know how the world would know that you are my disciples? By the love that you have for one another. See, it used to be a time, man, where if a person got into some nonsense in the church, we would bring them to the altar. We would pray them. We would repray them back into restoration. But now the blind are leading the blind. And when the blind lead the blind, they both fall into the ditch. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to make a donation and support this ministry as we expand the kingdom of God, please visit ShekinahGloryFC.com or download our church app from iTunes App Store or Google Play by searching Shekinah Glory FC and click Give to make your donation.